Do you have like a fancy football team or anything? Not even, I just have them in the fantasy football team of my heart. Injury Time Podcast, I'm Jordan Robinson. I'm Darren Matthews. And what a week we have had. It has been, there's been so much sport, I literally didn't watch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're sport for choice now, but what I'm actually talking about is our fancy new logo that we got done, yeah, which okay. is too professional for us. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like it's um, it's the more advanced version of that little posterized app that you <laughs> on your phone, yeah. but someone's actually spent time. Yeah. Doing it, yeah, doing a high resolution yeah. version of that. Um, so yeah, thanks to Connor Kern for doing that. He's uh, he's a nice man. Nomad like designs, nomad, nomad graphics. I want to say, okay, but I may be wrong. Google both. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's he's a real nice guy. The guy says his name's Connor. Hiram. Yeah, Connor. exactly. Nomad. Or I love it. I I appreciated the removal of the second chin. That would have took some. Uh, that would have took some effort on the photoshopping. Thank you. <laughs> have you seen my beard? It is the nicest my beard has ever looked. It's lovely. I know. You look way less homeless in that one. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Like Instagram versus reality. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, loads of sport this Stri- week. We're just going to have to go, just go straight on the sport, man, because we had uh, football, we had Gaelic football, we had hurling, we had rugby. International and domestic. Yeah, yeah. Um, got, football, international and domestic as well. Yeah, that was really weird because the Premier League was back, but it was also still midweek international with the friendlies. Yeah, well, I, I don't even know. This is yeah, the thing. There's we too co- many. We, we covered the nations. Is it the nations league? No, the nations league with the people that tried to stop World War One happen. Yeah, how did uh, that work? Nations Cup. Ah. <laughs> France Ferdinand, not the band. Uh, yeah, the, the Archduke. <laughs> Serbian was it? I don't know. Uh, who knows. Uh, we Bulgarian. Had, yeah, that's it. We had um, actually. I will start off with a bit of good news. Uh, a gentleman I know it was it was pointed out to me by somebody who put a bet on with Paddy Power. What do you hear this for an optimistic Ireland fan? No way. Put a bet on and got eighty to one odds that the Republic of Ireland not only wouldn't win a game but wouldn't score a single goal on international duty. Kobe eighty to one. How much did he get? Stuck a ten on. So uh, bravo with that man. Yeah. Hey. Uh, My hat has been tipped. Yeah, to play Bulgaria, a team who are, I think, about 100 places below them on the FIFA World Rankings. <sighs> yeah, and they don't have Berbatov to, you know, have at least a thread of goal. Yeah, pretty He's much. a smart man. We should get him on the podcast. Give him a shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we should just do that. We should start our own betting podcast, 10 to 1. We said this at the first episode. We need to be doing this. This is the type of content that people want. Yeah, like a sort of a tipster, but real <laughs> half-assed effort. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can bet him if you want. I mean, you don't have to. I'm yeah, just saying, you, you might want him. <laughs> um, uh, just briefly speaking, before we get into this week in sport... Um, it's been uh, I don't know about you Darren but it's been a really uh, traumatic week for me because I came to the realisation that uh, Manuel Neuer might not be the best goalkeeper in the world anymore yeah and it hurt he had a busy night oh yeah and then he's you know <laughs> done his did you, have like a, did you have like a fantasy football team or anything not even I just have him in the fantasy football team of my heart okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a he had a tough shift between the sticks. Man, and and like as we were saying, um, it really wasn't a weak in Germany squad whatsoever. No, it really wasn't, and I wouldn't necessarily say that Spain team was like world beaters. I just think Joachim Lowe needs to be executed for his <laughs> crimes against German football. 
I remember watching, I think it was the Euros 2016, and it was whenever Northern Ireland were playing Germany. Yeah. Just how massive the Germans are. Yeah. Every one of them. I think the Big smallest guys. guy in the field was like 5'11. <laughs> Huge bastards. But uh, yeah, no, the real uh, ticky tacky triangle Spanish football oh, yeah. that won them in 2010, was it? Yeah. When uh, the Netherlands attempted to literally kick them off the pitch. I wanted the Netherlands to win. So, like, we're doing uh, our uh, fantasy, uh, like, dream starting 11, and the majority of mine are Dutch players. Actually? Yeah. Mm, I, 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 I love total football, man. It's yeah, beautiful. that's true as well. But, um, yeah, no, uh, the Germans. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Spanish ran all over them, yeah. uh, like the Germans did to the French in World War Two. But yeah. yeah, it was bad. One. Yeah, yeah. I was going to do something about like some to do with Franco and Hitler, but I can't. I can't. Nah, because then yeah, yeah. Yeah, then we're just doing another historical podcast with the Nazis. Exactly, and we need to stop doing this. Who's who's that? Uh, we know who like Mussolini's team was. Yeah. We know who Franco's team was. Did, you, did Hitler have a team? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to guess it was uh, Eintracht Brandsburg or something like. No, um, actually. FC Nuremberg because he knew what was going to go down in Nuremberg after the war oh Jesus Christ um. <laughs> but um, trying to, was he trying to bottle them up with that? here's a professional team uh, we no, had actually I don't know because like in Berlin the like two main teams are Union Berlin and Hertha but like I don't think yeah, yeah I don't, like no team's claiming that as yeah we were Hitler's team yeah true as well <laughs> I think I don't know probably the other teams aren't too keen on their association with oh, yeah, dictators yeah, as well. A hundred percent. And like as Mick was saying when we were doing the FC St. Pauli episode, I mean like I think Hamburg are probably the most right wing popular. They they have been accused of it as well, but yeah. then they're then they accused St. Pauli of bringing politics into sport. <gasps> what serious St. Pauli? Yeah, St. Pauli and <laughs> no. anti fascism. Which is no bad thing. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Darren, and I don't care who hears this or anything. But I don't like fascism. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, like I just didn't want to, you know, bring the the reputation of the podcast into disrepute by saying fascists are bad people. You don't want to alienate that one skinhead listening. He's just he's just fucked his phone against the wall. <laughs> yeah, he just turns it off. Man, I thought you guys were cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, Spain talking all the time. Um, what else was it? Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll do the sort of leftover international. Yeah, who else was even playing? Republic yeah, of Ireland so, played Bulgaria in yeah. a friendly. I got a, another another training game. What's what's even the point? Oh, uh, so yes, uh, I had a couple of things to talk about in the intro that I just remembered. Um, so the Republic of Ireland team when they played England, apparently they were shown a video before they went onto the pitch. I've only seen the the brief script of this. What was the video? Uh, apparently it was footage uh, and stuff like that from the Michael Collins movie okay. and the uh, 1916 Rising, mm-hmm. which uh, is is quite weird considering the majority, majority of the football team are English, are rich <laughs> Irish grannies, <laughs> which is crazy. Like. Um, uh, but uh, the there's gonna be no further action, and I don't know what was it. Was that his idea to get them riled up? Yeah, it's like, come them. on, lads. Yeah, hate yourselves. <laughs> I'm probably going to one of the English says, I sure grand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that, that is mad, obviously, because I mean, if, if you look at the most successful Ireland team, so late eighties, early nineties, the Jack Charlton era. Yeah. Uh, the famous stories about how they um how they got the players basically. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was um. The funny one, I mean, how I can't remember the, the exact story. If it was Ray Houghton or they were interviewing somebody, but he was he was chatting to somebody, being like, you know why, you know, your dad's Irish, or your mum's Irish, or yeah. that kind of thing. D- do you want to come play for the Republic of Ireland? And he was like, yeah, that'd be brilliant. I was like, here, Ray Houghton's dad from Donegal. And he was like, who? 
the man who scored against England in the 1988 uh, European Championship. So who's Danny Gall? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So he went, he went over. Jack Jordan was recruiting basically heavily from uh, what was the, the grandfather rule became known as. So the do you uh, do you, do you like that rule as as a sports fan? Um, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me in football, but being quite a committed kind of Gale, which is that in Gaelic football you play where you're from yeah. that's a big deal mm-hmm. mm, that's a hard one to explain yeah. but then again if you were still trying to if you look at the sort of people say the Premier League is the best league in the world you're like yeah that's because there's very few English people playing yeah, on exactly. so it's an international league well technically mm. it is the league where there are most English players in so you could make an argument that Phil Foden is now the Maradona of World football, which you know, far be it from me to do that, but you could do it. That, ar- that argument you're trying to make is that four in the morning when you're off your tents at house party. Phil Foden is the new Maradona. Uh, Mason Greenwood and Pele have they been in the same room together at the same time? What you know, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think we can push that far, but it's uh, yeah, no, the I saw the thing with the video and I was just like, well, if that was their motivation, it didn't, fuck yeah, me. yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I put an Instagram post up about it where the video because like obviously they didn't say it was anything to do with the rising or anything like that but um, I just put like they were just showing the trailer to Wild Mountain Time and Christopher Walken's Irish accent and that's what really got them riled up yeah you get the, the director of that movie English go get him boys hey. <laughs> but, uh, no we had that also something as well for anybody who's not a, not even a history buff if you know very little about the history of Ireland the 1916 rising didn't work yeah it was a failed rebellion. <laughs> Those guys basically much went. Potted players were like, "We need a blood sacrifice. We nip in here, <laughs> get murdered, and it will it will cause the country to rise yeah. up." Which was the plan. It was and a. It was a what would it be? A military disaster. Yeah, and the only reason they picked the GPO in Dublin was because they needed to pick up a book of stamps for their mum as well, so that's why they chose the yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. it was uh, poorly coordinated and didn't work very well. Hey, and like, you know, your ma's going like, where are they? They've been away for a couple of days now. Yeah, yeah, in the papers. <laughs> but, uh, oh, speaking of in the papers, I was in the Irish Times this weekend. Were you? Yeah. Like, this was the thing I was talking about. Yeah, so basically... Did you bring me a copy? Because I don't have the Irish Times. No, it was in, like, the magazine Polite thing. Like, the weekend edition. So, uh, I thought it would be great to get some publicity for the podcast. So, I agreed to do this um, uh, interview uh, about dating during lockdown and stuff like that. So... Ah, yes. I stressed the point every time. I was just like... uh, So, yes... Uh, being a podcast host and stuff like that, just trying to, you know, make sure that she mentions it in the actual article. She didn't mention that we had a podcast. It was worth it. It was just 27-year-old Jordan Robinson from Northern Ireland. That's all I got. Okay, just like one quote. But I did look, like, if you read it and you haven't seen me, you'd be like, that man's an intellectual. That man's a go-getter. And then you see me and he goes like, he still lives with that his mum. That is not that yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He lives with his mum. Fair enough. I was supposed to be in the Irish News two weeks ago talking about comedy and playing for East Belfast GAA. Mm-hmm. And then Mickey Hart didn't get his job back and there was a big special about him. So I about my column pages. And then this week was the Ulster final. So I didn't get in this week. And I was like, I'm not even in the sports section. Kind of a sports story, but yeah. So uh, oh. Andy Waters, a very nice man who wrote the story from mm-hmm. the Irish News, keeps texting me being like, oh, darn, I'm really sorry. It's not this week. And I was like... Andy, it's fine. <laughs> you didn't need to be like a month ago. You're okay. You're like, it's, it's okay, dude. It's, it's only a bit of fun. Thank you. <laughs> right, let's move on to This Week in Sport. This Week in Sport.
So this week, uh, the early kickoff on Saturday, Newcastle against Chelsea, who nil win. Um, Newcastle haven't won since uh, Mick has been on the podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that is now the curse of the podcast. Oh, we've done Mick in? Yeah, we've done Mick in. Mick, Newcastle sorry, will Mick. not win until Mick returns to this podcast. Okay, we'll get it back to <laughs> two this week because of a game coming up. Um, yeah, so Ta- Tammy Abraham scored the second and it was an own goal um, by Fernandez uh, for Newcastle. And yeah, just looks slippery slope, lads. Yeah. Doesn't it? These are playing so bad, you'll be hanging out there with us. Yeah. Manchester United and the oh, Arsenal. Oh, this, is, this is another thing I meant to say in the intro. Um... This is a unique experience for me, being a West Ham fan, being above the likes of Arsenal, Man United and Man City. I'm not used to this. You get what I mean? It was bleak. This is nice. This is nice. This is, like a warm, this is like a warm bath. Yeah. You know? Pick it in. Have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Aston Villa against Brighton. This was a surprise to me. Why come? Because I thought Villa, they've been on class form recently. Uh, like you know against Arsenal and obviously I always hark back to that game against Liverpool um, but yeah no getting beat 2-1 um, and Brighton got a man set off yeah well I was at the end like so it was, yeah but was still kinda... no, that's, that's not taking away from Brighton their jersey's lovely if anything else <laughs> exactly Amex lovely um, but yeah no Danny Welbeck and uh, your man March scored and Konza never heard of him for Aston Villa uh, scored as well 2-1 it seemed a relatively boring game though to be fair um, I watched the highlights on Match of the Day. It wasn't anything wasn't spicy. Much to about, no. no. Um, but oh, okay. So I said this was going to be the game of the uh, uh, the game of the weekend, the Tottenham against Man City at White Hart Lane. <laughs> was I wrong? See, from now on, we're going to have to stop calling the game of the week. We have we are like four or five episodes into this. We haven't hit one yet. Ooh, you know. But Human Son scored in like the first five minutes and. There's not a man I love more He's than ever player. that he has ever worn a Tottenham shirt. I think I feel like you're contractually obligated to mention this once a podcast. Yes. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. I did. I do have a South Korea shirt with Hyunmin Sung in the back. Actually, yeah, exactly. Right. So, and then like a ridiculous amount that I spent like sixty four quid. Is that is that your most random jersey? Uh, no, I do have a Jamaica one with uh, Reese Oxford on the back. Because Reese Oxford used to play for West Ham, and he had Jamaican heritage, so I I was almost certain like he was going to be like the next Bobby Moore. Like I was I was bang on cert, and I was like, yeah, he he you know grew up in England and stuff like that. But with Jamaican heritage, I reckon he's going to sign with or you know declare declare, declare with the Jamaican team. Um, I was wrong. Uh, he now plays for Augsburg in <laughs> in the Bundesliga and is uh, he's had like one or two caps for England. So I was wrong so, with that one. Well, he's, he's declared himself, therefore he can't play for another club. Mm. You were saying maybe he's going to be like a Dwight York, yeah, yeah something like that. But if you look at it, like this was also when I mentioned briefly in the intro, I really don't like the idea because if you look at people like Jamaica, their team would be absolutely outstanding now with the likes of Raheem Sterling, uh, Reece Oxford, Leon Bailey, uh, uh, Calvert-Lewin. Oh, imagine that team. Like. If they used the grandfather rule. Yeah. No, no, no. If they... Had yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. If they, they hadn't declared yeah. for different countries. Okay, yeah. Oh, would have been great. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, was it Lo Celso as well, the Argentinian? Mm-hmm. He, he literally came on in the 65th minute and scored with his first touch. Beautiful. Beautiful. And uh, Manchester uh, United uh, at home to West Brom, Mitch Albion. Slavin Village is West Brom. 
I, I wanted to I wanted to leave this one a bit later because I, I want to say something not not even controversial but just my frustrations as a United fan. Lads, we had to cheat to beat West Brom. <laughs> West Bromwich Albion. We needed I I don't know who was doing VAR that day, but I think he was worthy in any time. Exactly. He's got shares in the fucking team or something. Yeah, watch the highlights and was like, Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. We are we are struggling to against West Brom here. A team who I think they got I did they get beat three 0 the first two or three games of the of the, the new year? Oh man. Yeah, I think. I, funnily enough, now I am glad United won still because I used them in my last man standing down in there for uh, Bestbrook, which is the the team my brother plays for, where I'm from. I use it, in the, so I'm still in. I'm not too bad. I've got I've got United away. I can't use them again. I don't deserve to be in, but I'm still in. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Bruno Fernandez scoring again. Um, he's the only like glimmer of hope, I guess, especially going into uh, tomorrow's game uh, against uh, Bashakshir at home. Yeah, this, this mean, was supposed to be the uh, collecting the six, uh, the six easy points, and obviously we know what happened the last time. Yeah, but we'll, we will see where we go from there. But yeah, no, uh, Man United West Brom one 0 Kind of, I was working, so I'm kind of glad I didn't watch it because yeah. once I watched the highlights, I was like, "Well, this looked like dog shit." Yeah, uh, no, it completely was. Like I didn't watch it either, and I'm uh, uh, safe to assume. Yeah, I mean, Manchester United at present, or it's like having a, it's just like, you know that like schizo teenage girlfriend you had. Where you're like, I don't know which one he was going to show up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, still, look, I'm still not. I am not pissing all over three points because my goodness, we will take them. Yeah, exactly. No matter who it's against, and even better, I was going to say as well, use a West Ham fan. I would have thought Sheffield would have at least eked out a wee draw against just. Man, there you go. What can I say? Sebastian Hilaire scoring first time since that game Wolves. Did you watch it? Uh, I just watched highlights. I watched very little sports this weekend, and because I did. No, it's fine. I've yeah, been working with exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've been playing Destroy All Humans on PS4. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it, the first half, there was absolutely nothing to it. Like, it's like, it just, it started essentially in the 56th minute. Training um, Yeah, with Sebastian Hilaire. Um, Ethan Ampadu coming on as well. Ollie Norwood, or Ampadu coming off and Norwood coming up um, for Sheffield, which... Almost, I would say, are their linchpins because Ampadu was so good with uh, Rebel Leipzig. Um, and like previously when he was on loan, I'm not sure who he was on loan to, but he was always a Chelsea player, but now he's like signed and sealed for Sheffield. Looks like he'll be going, uh, I don't know, it's not looking good for Sheffield United. And this is a derby match, by the way. Sheffield United, West Ham. Explain. The Tevez derby. Are you just claiming really tenuous links now? This this is my new favourite derby. Like, screw Millwall, screw Spurs, and all that kind of stuff. This is the one I'm looking out for in the calendar next. I was like, they're not even in the same fucking city. <laughs> they're not in the same county. Um, so, no, so basically, the whole thing with 2006 about the illegitimate signing of Collars, Tevez, and Javier Mascherano um, from Corinthians to West Ham. Uh, something about third-party ownership. I'm not quite sure about the logistics of it. But... Uh, you know, Tevez obviously being integral into us staying up and Sheffield United getting relegated. And Sky Sports putting a big uh, billboard of Tevez scoring um, the goal against United on the final day to keep us up. Mm-hmm. They put it up outside uh, Sheffield United's ground. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that just, uh, you know, fanned the flames. So, you know what? It is the new 
derby that I'm looking forward to most. Uh, yeah, a game we can probably nearly skip through because the most exciting thing that happened in it was a, a red card with yeah. Arsenal Leeds. Yeah, although Patrick Bamford played great and uh, I don't know how Leeds didn't score uh, the amount of times they hit the post. It's such a weird thing to say that something like a striker played great but he like, fucking didn't score. Yeah. It's his job. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Nicolas Pepe got a red card from second ahead in the Sun We Lad. Um, yeah, what was the card last? So they were talking about it on match today, and I kind of agree with this that um, he went down like a sack of shit. He didn't need to, but if he didn't, I don't think that the referee would have looked at it. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's almost like you have to, you know accentuate that you've been hit and you know crumble like a sack of shit uh, goes to VAR it shows him sticking the head in and like uh, Miguel Arteta was getting asked all these questions it's like uh, do you condone it and it's like it's unacceptable and, but like, the reporter is like really trying to like deep dive going in like yeah but what are your actual thoughts on it and then it's just the exact same tone it's like unacceptable <laughs> in a lovely Spanish accent. He wasn't committing too much anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, a game that I, I actually saw nothing about until I was reading the scores here, mm-hmm. because obviously they're still hanging in there in the top half. Everton beat Fulham 3-2. Oh, yeah. So yeah, they yeah. are conceding more, but they're still occasionally winning. Yeah, exactly. James Rodriguez, I'm not sure if he had an impact on the game. I just watched the highlights. But Calvert-Lewin scoring two goals, and then uh, Fulham missing another penalty. Um, Lookman didn't take this one. Well, I was going to say 3-2, so yeah, yeah, here, we'll, uh, we'll have a look at the table after this one, see how we're going on. And then the uh, the big game, I suppose, which, yet again, we we probably would have called this one and then been fucking horribly wrong about it. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I said it was... Uh, it could, yeah. Look, if we're, we're talking, of course, about uh, Liverpool and Leicester. Now, if Leicester ever had a chance of beating Liverpool... Liverpool are missing approximately 417 of the starting team here. You know what I mean? Between injuries and COVID, <laughs> this was Leicester chance. Which was so weird because they, they played them previously and had a grand game against them. Yeah. So I don't know how you can do this as well. And obviously, being as uh, Jordan's big Northern Ireland fan, we're just going to have to use the excuse that Johnny Evans was still tired from international duty. Did you see the own goal? Uh, yes. It was kind of like he just kind of like... I don't know, was just thinking about something that completely outside the realm of football. He goes like, what about if this is all a simulation? And next thing you know, <laughs> the ball's in the net. He goes like, oh, that came off me. Shit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it uh, wasn't a great midweek game for Northern Ireland either against Romania. Uh, Liam Boyce scoring, ex-Cliftonville player. There you go. Oh, he's great. I love him. He's such a good player. It's all, I mean, it's always nice when you see anybody from like the Irish League. Yeah. It's an international cap. I can't remember if he's playing for Hearts or Burton Albion but it's one of the two um, but yeah uh, Jota scoring again for Liverpool uh, the man's on fire if you, if you haven't got Jota in your fantasy team what you're are you losing doing? out you're losing yeah. out what are you doing he's just so much better with better players around him like because look at him back in Wolves there was just, like no one was paying attention to him now he's just like yeah I'm gonna that, I mean that, that was every something I asked this year where I, somebody was like ah, Jota's class and I was like where was he from somebody was like he He's been playing for Wolves, and I was like, has he? <laughs> you know, like, I've never heard of this guy. But he's definitely been in the Premier League already. Yeah. And then, for me, you're just uh, finished the day with the 86-minute goal and a, one of his big smiles. Yeah, so looking at the standings, Spurs. Yeah. Spurs top, baby. I, uh, I have a very uh, close friend who's a giant Spurs fan, and he was asking me at the start of the season, who do I think is going to be top four? And I said, there was no way in hell the Spurs were going to get top four. <laughs> I mean, like, hey, I said, I, I did say Southampton 
so Southampton, Everton, Liverpool and City. That was my uh, choice for the top four. And I said, hey, Everton might actually win it. Oh, you think look, so? Look at me now. Man City are 13th. My only thing about this week is that Man City are, are below Man United. That's the small thing. That's the pettiness of and United Leeds fans. as well. And Leeds. Yeah, and yeah. Arsenal. Dude, you should be happy. Just stop the count now. <laughs> <laughs> just chalk this season up as a win. Yeah, it's... Um, uh, do you know what, though? Uh, just looking at the tables now as well. We're only a point behind you guys. Well, still a point's a point. Mark yeah, right? but we have a game in hand. No, true. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, shut up, darling. The next point, what were we talking about? Fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, I, I reckon, yeah, just end it now. Tottenham deserve a wee bit of silverware. I'm alright with that. Um, Liverpool's second, you know, catch Champions League next season. Um, Europa League for Southampton. Yeah, just stop the league now. But that, I mean, obviously that win would have been Leicester. I mean, you know, shut have what a cut Yeah. Your, uh, if your granny and ball should be your granddad. Mm. All that kind of stuff, but yeah, it's my favorite expression of all time. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was a bit weird that uh, uh, just twenty twenty as a football like standings, it's weird, man. I don't know how I feel. I also enjoyed uh, if you want to talk good sense. What was the one? If frog had wings, it wouldn't bump its arse on top. Perfect. Fine. So uh, we're gonna have to find a thing of some euphemism for for Tottenham now because there's twenty points, nine games played, one six drawn, two lost, one. So. Same record as Liverpool, mm. but goal difference. Yeah, but then it also, if you look at uh, Liverpool, like not having, and they're equal on points, aren't they? Yeah. Um, uh, so they're equal on points, but if you look at the quality, as you said, the 417 people that are off sick or injured at Liverpool. Um, and can I just point out, with the game in hand, if they win, fifth place Southampton will go in the second. There will be one point. Yeah, they're playing tonight, aren't they? Against yeah. Wolves away in Molyneux. Yeah. What do you reckon? I dare to dream. Danny Ings getting the golden boot. Wolves are 12th. It's yeah. doable. Give it on. It's doable. Is imagine, imagine Danny Ings being on a team that like finished higher than Liverpool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We now, obviously, look, wait, people are there. These teams, I think, with their... Their benches and their finances probably can't keep up the pace because obviously it's a money game now. Well, but uh, obviously class to see. Yeah, well, Southampton have the uh, non-aging Shane Long. Fair enough. Uh, they also have Theo Walcott that seems to have been in this bit of a renaissance. Um, uh, and they have Fraser Crosser, the ex-Celtic keeper in net, who is... Yeah, but remember, uh, Southampton, Southampton. Like, Shane Long hadn't scored in... Was it, was it last year's score he hadn't scored in like a year and a half or something yeah but then, you're a striker <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he like comes on and scores the quickest goal in like Premier League history or some yeah. shit oh dear yeah I mean that, that was a quick side as well Everton same again though although they're they're back to their, their regular game so 16 they've played the same as the top 4 mm. so yeah so that might be a chance to sneak up here and be one, one behind but uh, Everton, yeah, lost the last three and then won yesterday. So yeah. that was such a dip in form. Yeah, it really. Jeez, was. They really were motoring. Yeah, they were. Like if you're losing three on the bounce and still are what sixth? Yeah, that's decent. Like yeah, especially but, early on in the season as well. Very weird. And Burnley are at home at uh, to Crystal Palace. Yeah, but Burnley are in the arse end of the things. Yeah, exactly. They have not been playing well. Like, and Crystal Palace have been all Crystal right. Crystal Palace ninth, and this, yeah. is the, this is their game in hand. Same again, that'll put Crystal Palace up to 16 points if they win tonight, which yeah, will put them actually seven. slam them into... Yeah, 6th, 7th. 6th, 7th. Uh, I mean, it would be based on goal difference, but yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because yeah. their goal difference is zero, so they would, yeah. they would go, they would move up a place. They would actually leap over. West Ham. Yeah, no, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'll um, allow it for a week. <laughs> yeah, for a week. Uh, but so yeah. what games have we got coming up then? So uh, yeah, Burnley Crystal Palace, Wolves, Southampton tonight. Well, that's this week's. Yeah, uh, yeah, but moving on uh, to uh, to what? No, we'll leave it for. Uh, Games to look forward to uh, the last segment before. Uh, okay, thing. I'm not going to it. Exactly. Why I have it on screen? Um, but uh, we'll go into so uh, the weekend's games in rugby. Now, Friday's game. Uh, was it Friday's? No, Saturday's. Mm-hmm. Saturday's game uh, in the Autumn Nations Cup. Uh, what was the deal with the Italy Fiji game? It was uh, called off, right? They've moved. Uh, because I think it's maybe it's a, a travel restriction or because obviously Italy was still one of the, the countries with the, they had COVID so uh, I mean we can find out right now so yeah. Italy Fiji game cancelled yeah it was Is it that the Fijians couldn't cancel or couldn't travel because obviously they're yeah I don't, I don't think they uh, put a squad out so uh, two days ago 20, crisis yeah. forces cancellation but Italy got a 28 no win which is you know is it like uh, is that a a points for if there's a forfeited game yeah I think so Fiji cancelled well it just says here Italy Fiji cancelled to Covid outbreak mm. so a second Autumn Nations uh, fixture has been cancelled after 29 cases of Covid-19 in the Fiji squad <laughs> Jesus Gee, what there's only how many there's only 30 in the squad <laughs> yeah, exactly just two guys in hazmat suits yeah <laughs> um, Fiji's opening had been oh okay so Fiji's original called off and the 15th was called off it was supposed to play France yeah and again, called off. the white the widespread outbreak is actually the place they're involved in the tournament because if you can't play your games there's no yeah, point exactly. so that must be why they just give the points mm, true uh, England against Ireland yeah what was the next match after that one um, yeah that was England terrible Ireland. yeah now we thought Ireland played brilliantly against France yeah. or against Wales sorry but now there is a suspicion <laughs> that it might have been Wales were terrible uh, to quote you from last week we're back baby yeah <laughs> yeah it didn't work out like that um, England ended up winning 18-7 it was 18-0 at one point wasn't it yeah that oh. we uh, that we tried yeah, to yeah Jacob Stockdale at the end take the was it take the edge off it or take yeah. the shine off it yeah, take the exactly. bad luck off it that's yeah, what it's saying that's it make it more Protestant looking yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> and Wales against Georgia um, oh man like compared to England's 40-0 win against uh Georgia previously yeah they were just racking up the points Wales points only managed 18 against a Georgia team yeah Georgia would be a team you would want kind of in your Rugby World Cup group to oh, of get course. a few yeah. points up yeah exactly get those, get those bonus points up yeah oh, absolutely shocking man. but yeah it's, it's interesting because obviously the traditional means of an autumn international was an autumn tour so yeah. a southern hemisphere team would come to Europe and would play a team yeah or the Ireland team would help. Yeah, vice versa. Yeah. Play it. But yeah, this year they just sort of had to invent a team or invent the league, and then I'm not totally sure why they would include Fiji in it. Since exactly. they have to travel from halfway around the world. Yeah, exactly. They're the ones that you know. Uh, I don't know. Bring Russia into it. They have an okay rugby system. Yeah. When I say okay, they have a rugby system. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, they they made it into the the last World Cup. They have to go through the same kind of yeah knockout uh, qualifications, yeah. which is where you'll see teams like Georgia, Romania. Uh, it's so weird because rugby's like dotted around the world in weird places mm. that I think Namibia get through that way mm. there's certain teams that are automatically invited to rugby world cup yeah, yeah. and then there's other teams that have to qualify mm. so they would play I think like Jamaica has a team that has to qualify so yeah fuck oh, could you imagine 
I'm really socked for playing for the Jamaican rugby team as well. Um, uh, moving on to Sunday, uh, there's a bunch of games in the Guinness Pro 14, but uh, we'll focus on Ulster against uh, Clemetley. Scarlets. Yeah. Uh, it was a decent 26-24 win. A bit of a nail-biter. That is good. Last, I've actually seen the Scarlets play live. It was a couple of years ago now, but I went to the Pro 12s, it was, mm. in the Aviva, whatever they tanked. Monster. Yeah. So I went to that, and they were a very good team that day. But yeah, no, Ulster, I mean, look, it's, uh, you got to be hopeful. Yeah, exactly. Live in hope. Yeah. Uh, die in not hope, I guess. Is that what they say? Uh, I think it's not end. You don't need to hope or not be, or be hopeless. You're dead, so who gives a fuck? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, moving on to our new favourite sport of all time, uh, the Gaelic Athletic Association's Sports of Hurling and Football. Huh? Not bad. How about that intro? Huh? Yeah, it was like a, it was like an American discovered it for the first time. Like he just Wikipedia. <laughs> I, I didn't Wikipedia this. What? Yeah. So really busy weekend. Yeah. No. Oh. This this is what I was most excited about talking about this week, just because obviously my uh, baptism of fire into uh, um, last week's games. I think we've made you a real convert. Oh man, I I I'm genuinely like. I love it, like, it's, it's, I don't know, I almost feel like the teams that I like always are in with a chance, and no matter what county it is, there is an outside chance that they might do something, unless they're playing Dublin, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, well, we, I mean, we can start, well, we're actually, look, the provincial ones are the big news, so let's start with a bit of localised, not as good news. Okay. Kildare defeated Down in the Chris awesome. Frank Cup. Yeah. Now, it was a big deal for Down to be in that final because they had to get past Offaly. Yeah, which are... Who Offaly would have been uh, competing for the Liam McCarthy in the 90s, so they have had a bit of a slide down the table, but... Yeah, down did all the hard work beating Offaly and then just couldn't put Kildare two, two points, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, 316-22. So it was a tight enough game, but the goals ended up killing them. Yeah. And, but brilliant for down hurlers to be able to get to play in Crow Park, which is great. It's a real step up for them to be competing for that. Mm-hmm. If you can win your grade, you go up a grade. So that, that's good for them to say. Funnily enough, if you are into your hurling, down fans, uh, down hurling is very, um, is very sort of, kept into in the county it's a it's football in the county because mm-hmm. um, I, I played junior hurling in down so you're sort of a bit of a second class citizen mm-hmm. but most of the down hurlers come from your in other words they're, they're yeah. all large peninsula yeah Port of Ferry Ballycran, direction Port of Ferry uh, what's the other one Ballyhalbert Ballygalgat sorry yeah it's you know exactly it's, it's religion it's, it's, it's paganism and hurling <laughs> uh, it's it's the strong orders that we get from the Strangford Lock that we bathe in every day it just makes us strong hurlers so. <laughs> um, and in terms of uh, other games uh, hurling this is uh, Meath uh, Westmeath so it was it's kind of like kind of religious fundamentalism yeah uh, <laughs> coming into it uh, but yeah no uh, Westmeath uh, no who who won then no yeah Westmeath won uh, 220 to 119 yeah that's who were they playing uh, Meath Westmeath were playing Meath 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 not Meath 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 <laughs> like Neath but with an M yes and Westmeath Westmeath no that's Meath you just said Meath. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> Meath is inside Dublin, and west of that is West Meath. Okay, uh, moving on. Galway. Uh, oh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Galway beat Tipper- Tipperary in the quarterfinals. Which was a class game. Yeah, it looked it like. Did the- you? Uh, did you? Actually, it happened in the. the uh, here's the thing as well, which is probably unfair because it happened in the down game, mm-hmm. and also it happened in the Galway game. Joe Canning from Galway, who's probably undoubtedly one of the best hurlers who have ever played the game, mm-hmm. scored a point from a sideline ball. 
which is a sideline cut, which is yeah. basically you, you smack it in and you put it, you put it over the bar. Yeah. One of the downpairs did it as well, and yeah. barely a mention of it. And it was in Crow Park, which is a fucking big old field. It's, That's yeah, no, golf is brilliant. Um, Tipperary man was given two yellow cards for it was striking a man in the head. Now, if you if you strike a man in the head or you touch, he grabs his face mask, interfere with the helmet at all, which is to protect the player, mm-hmm. you get sent off. Yeah, that's this black. guy gets is two, it a black card or it's a, it's two yellows, which is yeah, a red. red. But if you strike somebody in the head, red card straight yeah, away. Straight away. Now what happened was this this pretty much contributed because Tipperary hung in there with fourteen men and absolutely fair play them because Tipperary went an all iron final against Kilkenny a year or two ago. Kilkenny man gets sent off. Uh, in the, at the end of the first half yeah. and it was game over Kilkenny yeah. got tanked by Tipperary because they were down to 14 men mm. lost one of their best players but happened to Tipperary Tipperary hung in there and just could not beat Galway Galway for them some of the scores if you just watch it it's just White Hurling's the, the fastest game on grass and one of the best games to watch is there's just so much going on yeah. it's so exciting yeah. you're like so fast scores oh fucking they score so yeah there's a brace of goals as well <laughs> it's just like a, it's just like an episode of like the Oprah show yeah where it goes like you get a goal you get a goal uh, <laughs> moving on Kerry we're playing Carlo uh, Kerry won 222 to 123 yeah that, that's lower grade as well the other yeah that was in John McDonough yes the John McDonough the other um, higher grade game was Waterford beat Clare yeah which means that... 327-318. No, probably one of the herders of the year. Certainly the guy who's been scoring the most out of any player is a guy called Tony Kelly mm-hmm. from Clare. So he is... I mean, he'd probably get an all-star out of it even though they're out of the... before the semi-final stage. Yeah. Do, do they do that in... Uh... There's an all-star team, yeah. yeah. There's all an all-star stars. team for hurling and football and every year there's a college's all-star team and mm-hmm. then there's usually like a, a county all-star yeah. for the club players. Oh, cool. In each county. But yeah, Tony Kelly, if you get a chance, give him a Google. He, I think he scored 117 in one game. On his own, so he's a, he's a one man team. That's and how he's using do. this. He he's using this new revolutionary. Uh, he's got a, a new hurley now. It helps that he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So there's a debate whether he called a hurl or a hurley, and it de- totally depends on your geography. Mm-hmm. I would call it my hurl. Yeah. So uh, Tony Kelly is using a hurl that is made by a company from Tipperary called Torpy Torpy Hurls, and it's made of bamboo. What? Yeah. So traditionally, a hurl is made of ashwood. Yeah. This one is made of bamboo. And they're about 50 quid, but I really want one to see what they're like. Because it says it's supposed to help you strike the ball. Now, it doesn't help that I'm terrible. Yeah, yeah. But any fucking advantage I can get. It's supposed to be stronger because it's like uh, compacted wood. Do, do we need to set up another Patreon so we can afford new yes, bamboo hurls? We're going to have Patreon this. <laughs> and we're going to get set up for the bamboo hurl. Yeah, so we're going to be uh, <laughs> play, uh, go, going over to Hamburg to watch the... Uh, the derby between St. Pauli and Hamburg okay. we're going to go uh, play Erlen in Fiji with a couple of bamboo hurls yeah. that's not too much to ask yeah we'll take it down the beach it's yeah. no big deal exactly um, and moving on the last game on Saturday um, the Leinster GAA football senior championship final against Dublin and Meath okay I watched this game until the half time yeah. then I went and had a shower and made a cup of tea mm-hmm. I came back for the last five minutes and went okay yeah nothing's changed nothing's changed it was an absolute rout now I thought Armagh took a bad beating to the hands of Donegal Ooh. at the hands of Donegal but yeah Meath and Dublin was a pointless fixture apart from the fact that there was a commemoration for Bloody Sunday yeah before yeah. the game mm. that was more important than the match and Brendan Gleeson read out the names of the 14 people who were sadly killed on Bloody mm-hmm. Sunday which we covered in last week's podcast exactly if this, you this week is the first week let it play and it will play on next week's or last week's sorry yeah you can hear that story 
Um, so they did that, and then at the end of the game, the Dublin players led a wreath where so, I believe yeah. Michael Hogan was killed yeah. on the field because he was the only player to die on Bloody Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then, so that game was pointless, but a game that was definitely not pointless was the other two provincial championships. Okay, so Munster, we'll start with there. Yes, Munster, Tipperary v Cork. Cork went to all the hassle of beating Kerry, a team they haven't beaten in the championship in Munster since 2012, and then got beaten by Tipperary, who have not won a Munster footballing championship in 85 years. And it was close as well, three points in it. It was a great game too, Tipperary were class. Um, the guy, Michael Quinn-Levin, who's one of their, their forwards, he's an exceptional footballer, he would get on to any county team, mm. but he's just playing for a team to play in Division 3. Uh, brilliant game, the Tipperary team were so, just so up for it. Yeah. Every dirty ball, everything was dropped, they were all over, they were swarming men, they were just... It was brilliant. It was great to watch. Straight in there. Uh, Cork seemed to be a bit afraid of them, or they set up like they were going to play, like going to play against Kerry again, and that they were mm. really punished for it. But no, fair play to Tipperary, and they were wearing special commemorative jerseys with course, Michael yeah. Hogan's face on it. Mm-hmm. Michael Hogan was, of course, a Tipperary footballer. And it wasn't the normal blue and yellow that they normally wear in county level. It was the green and white. The green and white. Uh, the thing of that was years ago, your county jersey clubs didn't, or counties didn't have a county jersey. What they mm-hmm. had was whoever won the county championship that year mm-hmm. that's the jersey you wore oh that's really cool so it was only decided later that county should decide have their own colour uh, yeah that's so really years cool. ago so let's say if um, like if Shane O'Neill's from um, Armagh won yeah. they're playing green and white so that year Armagh would have played in green and white mm-hmm. But then that one, that was, I'm assuming that would have got a bit more confusion. If oh, yeah. Two teams show up with the same jersey. <laughs> you're like, uh, lads. What's happening here? Shirts v skins. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's why Tipperary were wearing the, it's a white jersey with a, a green band and Tipperary written above it. Yeah. But you can actually buy the. Yeah, the commemorative one. Yeah, the, you can buy the commemorative one from O'Neill's and then also there is a retro jersey where retro wear and O'Neill's do retro jerseys and Ogre Sports. Yeah. Also do retro jerseys. Start following them on Facebook. Yeah, check those guys out. They do some lovely... Um, did I show you I got the Galway retro jersey? From 88 when uh, they were in the hurling? No, the O'Neill. Like, it's an O'Neill's one. I'm not sure from what year it is. Lovely collar on her. <laughs> it's probably 88, yeah. Going on a hurling in 88, I think it was. But, um, yeah, so it was a brilliant game. And then pretty much what happened was Tipperary won that one. So for their first one in 85 years. Mm-hmm. And then here's where it gets spooky. Yeah. Well, well, will we do the Ulster before we go into the spooky? I was going to do the spooky and then introduce it into the Ulster. Boom. So the spooky thing here is, guys, in 1920, 100 years ago, on the commemorative anniversary of Bloody Sunday, the exact same four teams all won their provincial championships. That's mental. So Dublin have won Leinster. Tipperary have won Munster, having not won for 85 years. Mm. Mayo have won Connacht, which was fairly established was going to happen if they could beat Galway. Mm. And then for the first time since 1987, in Ulster, given absolutely no chance, 14 to 1 yeah. to win yesterday against Donegal, yeah. Cavan. Cavan, who are the most successful Ulster team of all time mm. for provincial championships, but haven't won, won in what, 22 years? Something like that, yeah. 23 years, sorry. Yeah. Um, won on Ulster yesterday by pure dogged hard work and ignorance and they were just all over Donegal. And it was a brilliant game. Donegal are a fantastically skillful team. Big man, and yeah, Cavan were just so up for it. There's two Galligans on the uh, the Cavan team, there's a midfielder, and their goalie as well. So in Gaelic football, you have a blood sub. Uh-huh. This guy went off twice as a blood sub. Nice. And came back on, oh. and was feeling the ball. He got hit in the head, he got busted open. Yeah, he was doing his post-match interview with like a black eye. 
it just he absolutely put his body on the line Man. so hopefully he's fit enough to play in the semi-final against Dublin because he got the shank kicked out of him I genuinely but Thomas Gallagher yeah no uh, the match stuff I, I I see it as like Cavan Tipperary final no no I want a Dublin Tipperary final or Tipperary win you can do it a dream like yeah could you imagine but then the final isn't being played until next year right it'll be sometime in January no no final this year is before Christmas 19th oh. of December Oh, that would be perfect. Yeah, it's the wrap of the year in the year. Yeah, and so in 1920, Tipperary went on to win. Yeah. Could you imagine if they did it again? Yes, now we... Realistically, probably not. But, but realistically, nobody thought what Calvin were going to win. Exactly. I never thought they'd beat Dan. Now, Calvin have absolutely not made... <laughs> have absolutely not made this, uh, this championship easy for themselves. Yeah. They came from the north to south. They were seven points down to Monaghan, came back and won with the last kick of the game. They were ten points down to Down. They were three points down to Antrim, I think. And I, I can say this hopefully without hurting anybody's feelings in Belfast. Antrim are shit. Yeah. Sure. And they had to, they had to come back and beat them. So they've came from behind in every game. And there's also a stat which I need to double check. In Ulster, because there's nine counties, there's a preliminary round, so two teams will play off for a spot. Mm-hmm. It's almost the first game of the year. Cavan played that this year. There's a stat of teams not winning all start having to play a preliminary round because you're knackered. Yeah. So like Cork played one game and ended up in a Munster final. Cavan had to play four games to win Ulster. <laughs> so it's the whole thing about Ulster football um, being harder because there's nine counties. It's probably a more evenly matched provincial championship than mm. some of the other ones like Leinster's a waste yeah, of time yeah. because of yeah. Dublin. Uh, down in Munster and football you've only really got Cork and Kerry yeah. usually because it's a traditionally a, a hurling region mm-hmm. Tipperary have obviously been uh, slaving away for years to try and get the team up yeah. it's paid off for them and they've got a provincial So, mm. but yeah it was. Um, I watched the Sunday game last night I watched the I watched the speech of the Tipperary captain and I watched the afters when they were interviewing the cabin men and if you're not a fan of Gaelic football I don't know how you can't be if you watch the post-match interviews mm-hmm. Cavan was a very bad. It was a, a place that was very badly affected by COVID, and it was something that was mentioned by the players. They were mm-hmm. like, "There's a lot of people have lost people this year, and there's people who have been Cavan fans all their life, who would never see this." Yeah. And I'm fucking tearing up thinking about. It. Yeah. Honestly, I watched them post match interviews last night, and I was like, I know how that feels. I know what it's like when your team doesn't win anything for years, yeah. and then you just get one good day. Yeah. It's fucking glorious. Think, think about this. We'll go back to 2006. Uh, a little baby Jordan Robinson uh, says to his dad, Hey dad, West Ham are in the FA Cup final against Liverpool. What do you reckon? Will we try and get tickets? My dad goes like, of course Jordan, we'll go get tickets and we'll watch West Ham beat Liverpool. You know how fucking close we were to fucking beating <laughs> Liverpool and then getting to the penalties? Yeah. I cried my little Protestant eyes out. Well, I think even to get that far, it's like... If we if we can get that far, yeah. it's it's a glorious day to be in it. But yeah, just watching yesterday, watching the emotion of Tipperary not having won football in Munster. I mean, not in all Ireland, they haven't won a Munster provincial in eighty five years. Yeah, in their commemorative jerseys, just the the planets aligned for them. And as you said, the creepy thing, a hundred years to the day, yeah. the same four provincial champions. Um, it, it is meant to be. It almost makes you think that fate is a thing. Yeah, well, like, hopefully. It would yeah. be brilliant to see. And uh, they have to go play, Cavan have to go play Dublin next. And they interviewed him, you know, the, the, they said to Thomas Gallagher, you just have to go play Dublin next. And he was like, ah, he says, you know what, Dublin's a great team, and but we'll just go and give him a cut, same as do everybody else. And I was like, I love that kind yeah. of sure fuck it we'll, we'll worry about that next week because yeah, obviously exactly. we're going to go we're here. play them in like two weeks but we're just going to go party yeah beautiful 
Yeah, so. it's sad as well because obviously they haven't won that for so long and Tipperary is the same. And when your county wins a provincial championship, there should be literally a party in the street. Yeah, but they can't do that. So people were celebrating in their homes, and but it, it wasn't also fair for the fans who've waited so long. Yeah, and, and just not getting them. It's like Liverpool winning the league as well. To put it in a in a soccer sense, it's like uh, how long they've never won the Premiership since nineteen ninety two three when it first started. They've never won the Premiership. Yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, winning the first division's all good, but that's fucking past history. Uh, but for them to win it and. Yes, there was still celebrations and stuff like that, but it was a much more muted affair than what it would have been if all the COVID restrictions weren't there. Yeah, pretty much. It's been a weird old year, but this is a, this has been a weird old year in a good way. Yeah, um, not much else to say then about uh, the old Gaelic. There's a couple of games left in November uh, in the uh, Joe McDonough, for example, Meath, right? Meath. I'm trying. Uh, Antrim and then Westmeath and Carlo are playing next Saturday. Uh, and that's in the Joe McDonough. And then is it the Laurie, M- Laurie Maher? Maher. Maher yeah. for Manor against Louth. Yeah, Laurie Maher is a competition with three teams in it. All right. Louth, Cavan and Fermanagh. So it's brilliant because it gives... Fermanagh have one hurling team and that's the county team. Mm-hmm. Now their, their teams fall in and out because it's not a... There's one number one. Fermanagh has a tiny population. Oh yeah. Number two, it's a, it's a footballing county. Mm. So the guys that play hurling are real diehards. Now... For a bit of a fun fact, one of the Fermanagh team, two of the Fermanagh team actually, um, are two guys that play on my Ireland team here and oh, play for East Belfast. Yeah. So we've been a team for one year and we've already got two county players. Nice. I'm not saying you should sign up and join, but, but if East Belfast, to... yeah, go to Google, Do come it. along. It's it's great. Do it. So, but yeah, no, that'll be uh, that's a great idea to let lads from smaller counties get give them a chance to play in Crow Park, mm. which is brilliant. Yeah, uh, and uh, in the what's this? The semi-finals of the All Ireland, Kilkenny are playing Waterford. Yes, and that's on the twenty eighth, and then Sunday Limerick are playing Galway. Yeah, uh, in the semi-finals. So, and then the final would be sometime in December before the final of the All Ireland, which it's, is it's called. It's going a week before. Well, what's the final call? I know the Samovars for football, but what's the... Is it the Liam... Liam McCarthy. Liam McCarthy. Um, see, I'm learning. That's very good. In like three it. weeks, I'll be able to remember that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much us for uh, this week in sport. This week uh, in story time is a little bit different from the last week, because last week's episode was obviously very heavy. Um, so, uh, we were planning on doing uh, the US men's semi-final... Uh, win against the Soviets the, in 1980 in the Winter Olympics yeah. but um, that's kind of requiring a bit more just because we want to go uh, like a deep dive into like the kind of time that it was in not just the actual event um, because if you want to understand how significant the event was you kind of need to understand what was happening around it so that's why I think it deserves a little bit more research so uh, this week we are doing a thing that we kind of wanted to do we've talked about uh, is making up our dream uh, football 11 and also I would like to say anybody listening to the podcast when we release this and when you hear this section tell us yours oh yeah I would yeah. I would love to have a talking point next week oh yeah somebody messaged in and they reckon this is the team yeah so if you disagree what well, no nobody's going to agree on a, a top 11 people have played in the Premier League uh, oh well, is it just Premier League oh shit no no we can, <laughs> we can do whatever okay I'm sweet, just saying, sweet. we're good, we're good. I, I've, I've brought the Premier League stats to be like well what about this guy because this is his stats mm-hmm. but you can talk about people you love watching people who you thought were brilliant players so if you've heard this section folks and you're enjoying the podcast message us get us on Twitter get us on Instagram yeah, I message keep on your too. teams yeah okay. oh. so to start my team off uh, in Nets now this was a very hard choice for me because uh, I was going to go with my beloved Manuel Neuer 
even though playing for Bayern Munich, which isn't necessarily my favourite German team, uh, I've always respected him greatly in net for Germany, the national team. So I've decided to go with Dutchman Edwin van der Sar. Big shot. My favourite Fulham player of all time. I don't know what other Premier League team he played for, but... Um, <laughs> Fucking game. You're one player and you're going to with this. Uh, yeah, United legend. Um, you know, Champions League winner, Premier League winner. He's doing so much stuff uh, in terms of, like, uh, playing for Ajax as well and the whole youth academy that they're going through. I genuinely think that's why he's not only a great football player, but a great person. Dutch national team as well. Exactly. Well, he never really won it much because they haven't won a Euro or anything. But he still, he looked the part, right? He, he is my idea. If you had to like go like, what does a goalkeeper look like? It's Edwin van der Sar for me. Um, moving on to my defence. Uh, right back, uh, Danny Alves. Okay. I was a big fan of his in Barcelona. I always thought he was like, a player you just did not want to play against and therefore it's a good good choice for me uh, centre back one of them is Vidic okay Yamiel Vidic yeah. the um, playing for Inter Milan and the United and stuff uh, just one yeah. of the best defenders I've ever seen play live but also who have ever played the game and every team needs a good thug yeah exactly yeah. Um, the other defender is Maldini Oh yeah, so of right, course, yeah. of course. Yeah. Which is the weird, but the only Italian in my team. In the whole thing. In the whole thing, Fair which enough. is weird. Fair um, two Brazilians, uh, Serbian, uh, but the uh, left back I'm going for is uh, Marcelo from Real Madrid in Brazil. Uh, consummate professional, scoring worldies, great defender, nippy. He's got a really nice Instagram page. Okay. Um, you know, there was no reason why he wouldn't be in this. Um, but with my midfield, so we're basically what we're doing in this is doing a four-four-two formation. Um, so with my in no particular order, as in left, right, midfield, center, anything like that. Uh, Yossi Ben Ayun. Wow. You guys remember him? Peter's the news. I'm going back in time. <laughs> so Yossi Ben Ayun was one of my favorite players for West Ham, and he was also decent enough with Liverpool. So. That's why he's made my team. Uh, he was great uh, in the 2006 season when we made it to the FA Cup final, but also saved ourselves from relegation. Um, uh, he is up there. And now, this player, it's normally you could count him as a forward, but I'm putting him in my midfield because uh, I can do what I want because I'm free will and all that. Uh, Johan Cruyff. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so normally playing the centre forward role, I would put him in like a centre attacking midfield kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know even you don't need to explain it why he's in the team like total football total total football yeah you, um, you like total football that's that's too German yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. at least it's not camp because every time I do a German accent now it's like overly camp and I can't help it and I won't help it uh, another midfielder I have picked is uh, JJ Akasha so good they named him twice <laughs> oh my god what a player like brilliant I just remember like he was like you were almost excited to see Bolton on match of the day just to see what he's up to like seriously he was Bolton deeper from Leeds just Bolton, JJ, Bolton. I, no I don't remember I only remember him playing for uh, Nigeria and uh, Bolton I'm checking, I'm checking, keep talking, keep talking. Uh, so my other midfielder is uh, the consummate uh, uh, bigamist Ryan Giggs. Are you <laughs> including him? Yeah, 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 well, he's a great player. Hey, did you catch a play for PSG and Hull? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm featured in the 2002 uh, World Cup for Nigeria yeah. and also 98 and 94. Uh-huh. Wow, that dude, that dude was timeless. Yeah, love me. Fair play. 
Um, but yeah, no, I'm choosing Ryan Giggs because I, I genuinely, he was a favourite of mine growing up. Uh, looking, obviously being in a household full of my brother and my dad were huge United fans and my mum was a Fulham fan. Um, for The only reason she was a Fulham fan was because um, Dodie Alfayed's dad owned... Uh, Harrods that's and, right. and she liked getting the biscuits from Harrods whenever we went to London so that's why she supported Fulham um, so yeah it was uh, I remember going to the FA Cup final in Wales as well when United were playing Arsenal uh, Arsenal ended up winning but uh, like seeing Rangig play that day too was some player now I was fair like you, you mean his sex life or a bit both Okay, fair. Yeah. Like seeing a Welshman in his normal, in his like natural habitat of Cardiff, it was a. Uh... Yeah. Oh, wait, he, he, um, uh, this is good because I have the stats up here. So, oh, if, yeah. you want, if you want a joke that ties in. Okay. Um, of course I do. Yeah. Uh, if he's got, uh, in Premier League history, he has the most assists. And that's not just for extra marital affairs. Yeah, uh, there we go. <laughs> assisting your husband. Anyway. Yo. Uh, assisting the divorce lawyer. 162 assists, and the closest to him is 111. Okay. That, that's my house number 111 there boy there you go send me something in the post yeah, anthrax <laughs> don't, uh, don't send me anthrax not again the band um, not, not the, oh, uh, oh yeah yeah like one of their studio albums nice. good metal band yeah um, uh, so uh, this was probably the hardest thing for me so I'm picking two strikers and uh, if anybody follows me on Instagram or anything like that or knows me personally my favourite uh, football player of all time is uh, it's a tie up between uh, Roy Carroll and uh, Carlos Alberto Tevez mm-hmm. um but I didn't pick Tevez. I almost feel bad about it now. Because the two strikers I've picked are Ruth van Nassau. Okay. Obvious reason. Yeah. It's class. Horse face. Um, and uh, Henrik Larsson. Okay. Yeah, so, so you're, not, you're, not, yeah, you're not just hanging in the Premier League. That's yeah. Okay. So, I'm just thinking, if I had to... If it was like a challenge match to win like a European title... That is definitely my team. But if it was something to you need consistency to win a Premier League, you'd have people like uh, um, not exactly Finney Jones, but Lee Catamol. He would be in my team. Um, Hallen's dad, who kept fighting against Roy Keane, I would have both of them in midfield. Yeah, <laughs> just to see what would happen. It'd be like Lee Boyer and Kieran Dyer and Newcastle all over again. Yeah. The um, what was the main one? Here's a, obviously because I know you're far nerdier than me about uh-huh. this so you're probably like reading stats and like being so it's figures, how many times honestly did you write this team out and then change it uh, a good three or four to properly yeah no well I've got was there, anybody who, was there anybody who was like first choice instead in there um Evan Pandeshaar definitely was uh, and Johan Cruyff and apart from that everyone was just up for debate but I do have like a list of substitutes as well but uh they're all just Tevez's name five different times okay so yeah, that was my that was my starting eleven. Okay, I, I'm gonna wing mine because we we obviously changed what the story time was gonna be. Uh-huh. So I, I think sort of to uh, keep things a bit more personal. Now goalkeeper as a United fan, I probably should say Peter Schmeichel because mm-hmm. that's my formative years watching Schmeichel during the glory days of Manchester United. But if you want to talk about an absolute football legend, and he's from right here, and his brother was my PE teacher, Pat Jones. There we go. Uh, second most capped Northern Ireland player of all time after Steve Davis. After Steve Davis, he was the first for like. 30 or 40 years years and years and years um, Spurs legend as well if you're in your, if you're in your, your football and you like uh, Tottenham for some yeah, strange yes. reason if your parents didn't love you or something. yeah uh, also Pat Jennings nearly didn't become a professional soccer player because he was taking time out to be a, a Gaelic player yeah, yeah he, he, he sort of lost he, he said himself he lost interest in football for a while and then realised mm-hmm. he could make it his job played for Newry Town as well uh, played for Spurs 
second most cap another amateur of all time. Also and he's from my homeland of Newry, so also played for Arsenal. That's true so as well. That, what does that tell you? I feel like he just didn't want to move house. Mm, true. So yeah, he just stayed. Stayed in North London. Yeah, I think he's, I think he has like a job for life at Spurs, or he was a goalkeeping coach there for years. Huh? Just free tickets and hanging around. You know, he's one of those dudes that shows up to every that. game day in the suit. Yeah. That's it, that's Pat Genesis. Oh. And every Northern Ireland game he flies yeah. to London and goes to every single game. I met him at the airport one time. And I was like, ah, oh, your, your brother was mine. And he was like, ah, oh, yeah, or Brian. Yeah, yeah because he's, he's still from Newry. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, so we will have a chat with you. You're right, bud. He's good. Uh, left yeah. back, keeping it in Ireland. Uh, bought from Oldham in 1990 for £100,000. Dennis Irwin. Oh, yeah. Dennis Irwin's decent. Yeah, decent Republic of Ireland legend and also Manchester United legend. I'm, 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 trying, to, I'm trying not to be too United centre because it's just... Not not to be too lazy. Yeah. Um, no, but you can do that because there were so many great players playing for United at at the time. It was the it was obviously the glory days, but that that back line which would have been like uh, Dennis Irwin, Steve Bruce, Steve who's Bruce, yeah. fucking Newcastle manager. Uh, here, better player than he was a manager. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Gary Poster and Paul Parker, which was the, the sort of back line in the probably ninety two until about ninety five. Mm-hmm. But um, you it's. If you talk about sort of when people are ranking like defenders, Dennis Irwin, I think was brilliant. He could score mm-hmm. penalties, he could score frees, he could score with his head. Yeah. And Real also great back, yeah. hard, as, hard as nails. And once again, Roy Keane said in his book that Dennis Irwin was good enough to play like, hurling for Cork, but <laughs> ended up being a soccer player yeah. instead. And the fact that we bought him for a hundred grand. Yeah, exactly. It's just absolutely what a bargain. Yeah. What a bargain. Wasn't it Mickey Hart that said that uh, Niall McGinn is the only person that he would pick? Uh, without having to like watch him, uh, the, the, my old housemate used to tell me this that uh, now and again, uh, who plays for Northern Ireland and also he's been playing for like people like Aberdeen and the SPL and stuff like that. Um, that he was the one, uh, the one person that Mickey Hart would pick for a team hands down every single time mm-hmm. or something like that. But I saw him in an Apple Greens once and I said hello. <laughs> Um, so uh, who are the other defenders you're going other with? Other defenders I will I'll nip over to Spain for the next one oh. uh, a man uh, I'll give you a clue he's made over 500 appearances and he's playing for a team that used to be amazing but aren't great anymore Gerald Piquet boom yes nice one I was. I, it was either that or uh, um, Ramos yeah. and like yeah, Real you know, and you know my yeah. feelings on Real Madrid yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, um, Barcelona. Uh, actually, uh, I was reading an article about Jared Piquet, which was uh, is he almost as repl- as irreplaceable for Barcelona as Lionel Messi? Hmm. Yeah, because Samuel and Titi doesn't really seem to be like the linchpin that they need the way Puyol was. Or so uh, uh, anyway, he will eventually retire. Yeah, and, yeah of uh, course. Yeah, Piquet they will, and they'll need somebody to replace him. And also, I mean, even I'm sure it's tough times at Barcelona right now for Jared Piquet, but every night he goes home and he's married to Shakira. Yeah, so, so everything's okay. Absolutely fair play. <laughs> he's, having a, he's, he's having a grand old time. He's Andy got out of United. Smart man. Yeah, true. <laughs> Once again, we're trying not to, um, well, we'll try not to keep him stuck in here too badly, but yeah, over 500 appearances, which is absolutely fucking phenomenal. Crazy. Uh, you, uh, you've used up Vidic, which was an absolute great call. Uh, you can, somebody, I, I, I was going to say, well, somebody who was like, United who ended up sort of being more successful out of the team um, as a defender was, uh, what do you call him, Yapstam? Yeah. Uh, went over to Lazio, didn't he? Mm, was it Lazio? After? Pretty much either didn't fit the team or the big Dutchman. was yeah. somebody else who was named as, you know, not being as important uh, fucking to the club, basically. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously people will be talking about great defenders, people like Virgil van Dijk, who's uh, out now, but uh, you know, one or two good years, does that make you a great defender? But he's played for Celtic, he's played for he Southampton as well. Southampton, yeah. And yeah. Uh, is it Grigon or is it some Dutch team? Same one Robin plays for at the minute and played for previously. Oh yeah, yeah. Robin, that's right. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Yap Sam came from PSV Eindhoven um, to Manchester United in '98, uh, and then played for Lazio Milan and back to Ajax, which is weird going from PSV to Ajax, but he only played 31 games. Yeah, one swap. Yeah, it's real weird because that is uh, PSV. Like so, Eindhoven, uh, uh, Utrecht. Uh, what's the other major team? So there's Ajax, uh, Eindhoven and Feyenoord are like the big ones it's kind of like the Turkish league the way they've got three major teams. I was going to say is that they're the same teams that always end making up into the um... yeah essentially that's what it is like but for a defender he has some like he's there hasn't been a, he's only scored one goal for United and he was only there for like three years but he hasn't been on a team where he hasn't scored a goal which Actually? is crazy yeah scored three for Lazio one for Milan one for Ajax one for United um, 12 for Eindhoven, 1 for Wilhelm, 2, uh, I guess, and uh, 1 for Seoul. That's Jeez. actually fucking a, a great... Yeah. Um... Scores and scored 3 for the Netherlands between 1996 and 2004, and is now, um, was head coach of Reading in 2016 to 2018, uh, the Feyenoord manager in 2019, and is now uh, managing the new MLS team, FC Cincinnati. <laughs> what a random career oh, my god uh, other backs I'm going to go to Germany for this one this is somebody who I would have watched when I was very young but he played in the 1990 Germany team that won the World Cup a guy called Luthor Mateus oh yes yeah yeah yes, yes, yeah Luthor yes, yes. Mateus he was, uh, he was um, played for Bayern and also played for Inter oh so uh, actually, he yeah. was he was actually very famous for end up being one of the sort of formative people that he would have played a sweeper position oh yeah now here's the hardest thing because um it, the, the, the report here I've just given him a Google to check out his sort of stats and stuff mm-hmm. Matthias uh, he made the sweeper position formerly owned by Franz Beckenbauer his own now if you know who Franz Beckenbauer is you probably don't watch football yeah. so to be the next guy to step out of that and be remembered yeah. is uh, if you don't know like Adidas have a shoe named after Beckenbauer so uh, or Adidas <laughs> if you're listening to this not in Northern Ireland was it uh, fucking Adidas mate was it uh, uh, Predator because uh I don't know if there's been any allegations toward him, but that would have been funny. That was really poorly thought out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, sh- I should. Normally, you give your joke way more time than that. One. Yeah, no. It's almost like I was walking through it, like, but vocally, uh, in front of the whole podcast, and now I'm all embarrassed. So I'm just going to ask you what your next player is. <laughs> That's okay. Where am I? I've got one more defender on it. We're going to go yeah. four two. Oh, uh, just literally. Because he was fantastic, uh, had a bit of a bad World Cup, but also scored one of the coolest bendy goals ever, Roberto Carlos. Oh, yeah. A defender who could hit free kicks. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. could fucking hit free kicks. Oh, also, the man's, oh. the man's uh, legs were the size of my head. Yeah. You know, like a thick. Big old thick. Was like yeah, he was, a, he, was a, he was a hard operator. like and um, So, Brazilian, there you go. Actually, I've actually, so far, been much more international than I have. Yeah. I've already thought of a midfielder who I'm going back to Italy. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, can I guess who it is? Yeah, of course. Who, who did he used to play for? Uh, he's managing now. He's oh, Nope. Oh shit, sir. Um, uh, managing. Uh, I'm just playing for. He would have played for Uve. Uve. Um. So Italian midfield. Oh, Pirlo. Boom. Yeah. The, not the <laughs> inventor of, but the man who made the no look pass famous. Oh man. 
Where he's and looking he, he does and can hit a pass without even looking where the ball's going. <laughs> fucking phenomenal. And his hair is perfect while that he's too. doing it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if we want to do like a top perfect hair, David Ginola probably is also a midfielder. Mm. But oh, I like, uh, was it uh, Edgar Davids? He yes. had nice hair. Yeah, yeah he had beautiful. Nice hair. Yeah, Edgar Davids as well. He, I mean, he just played until he till he couldn't fucking move anymore. Yeah, exactly. Tired when he was like thirty nine, <laughs> playing for I don't know Ron Corn FC or something. Like that. It was some daft. Yeah, made, it was made four, four appearances for somebody, and I'm like, what did you do with your money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you mustn't be getting paid a lot to do this either. But no, uh, I um, Pirlo. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Sticking in midfield. Uh, Probably, sadly, most remembered for his red card in the World Cup final, but an absolute powerhouse of football Frenchman. Julian Schaubert. Fuck you. Zinedine <laughs> <laughs> Zidane. Zinedine Zidane, yeah. More famous for the headbutt, but an absolutely phenomenal player. Uh, other midfielder, which will absolutely cripple me to say because he was phenomenal. Uh, Dutchman, Arsenal, one of the greatest goals of all time. Played on the team that beat United to the fucking... Uh, Premier League and he's an invincible Dutchman afraid of flying oh Dennis Burkham boom yeah you're really good at this game yeah, yeah, yeah. We, should, we should go to pub quiz <laughs> um, yeah uh, is he midfield or striker uh, I think he was he was uh, listed as a forward but I yeah. think on Arsenal Vegas team yeah, 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 pair up or yeah put him where you want it's your team yeah, yeah exactly. well no I was saying because he, he, uh, he was, I think he was listed as a striker but on that team because he, he was on with um he wanted to play with Thierry Henry. Yeah. And I don't think Freddie Lundberg, Vieira. I'm thinking, was he playing? Was Vieira listed as a striker or was he listed as midfielder? No, midfielder, definitely. Midfielder. So, yeah. would, would that, on that Arsenal team, was it Burkamp Henry up front? Yeah. And I then, and then midfield. Anelka as well. Uh, probably because he was so fucking busy back then. True. True, true, true. Uh, do we have any midfielders left or is that before? I think that's before. Oh, I probably should have included Roy Keane just for being an absolute hard bastard. Yeah, exactly. Because um, you, you put Giggsy in, which was which is a good shout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing as well is, uh, I mean, midfielder. I could, should have probably included Eric Cantona because I mean that he's not single handedly, but he was definitely a linchpin for oh, yeah. United's fortunes changing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Leeds won the last ever football league. United bought Cantona for some stupid like one point five million. Yeah, something Plus crazy. Almost a United legend played there for four or five years. Yeah. Uh, Collar up, another hothead. Obviously, the yeah. for the karate kick yeah, against karate kid, Palace. Yeah. yeah. Oh, midfield is actually way harder to pick than isn't defense. It? Isn't it? That's isn't really it's difficult. crazy. Like, um, especially when you're defensively minded, like uh, you know. We, yeah. yeah. The other thing as well, we've been very lucky as a United fan to have people who played midfield like Paul Scholes. And yeah. Stuff. Even then. Uh, Great wingers, guys like uh, Paul Ince, Andrei Kincelskis, who only played there for a few years, Russian mm. guy, he was fucking brilliant for United in the, mm. in the 90s. Yeah, that's far harder to pick. Yeah. Fields. Hmm. Forwards is a bit easier. I have one clear cut one. Yeah. Uh, and because I'm, I'm on the Premier League stats, obviously, he's the top goal scorer in the Premier League. I'll share. I'll share. Easy. Easy. He's just class. I just don't like him because he played for Newcastle. Yeah, fair enough. But he also he won his uh, Premier League with Blackburn. Blackburn. Yeah, and I do like Blackburn. So which I think is amazing because the story behind him ending up at Newcastle, he went for trials with Sunderland as a goalie. You know that? What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Sure. There's a whole story about that. Uh, I must read up because uh, I think he obviously always wanted to play for Newcastle, but they were like, nah, and he ended up getting picked up somewhere else. That's class. But yeah. Uh, that was that was his one. So I think he's an easy pick, obviously being the the best of all time in the yeah. Premier League. I feel like I feel like he wasn't even. I feel like he wasn't around for like a really long time. But yeah, he was, when he was there, he made an impact. Yeah. Yeah. Do you reckon Aguero was going to catch his goal scoring record? 
because he, he's internationally he is the highest scoring player in the Premier League yeah Aguero's got 180 I don't know man that's how many more years has got Aguero got in him and he's got to score tops five. 80 goals yeah tops five goals or five years five years yeah absolute tops if even that's a, that's a big shout like yeah that. I don't know maybe in five years time when we've released several thousand episodes <laughs> yeah funny, funny enough actually just just as I, I scan this sort of looking for my next player um, just because he's played for everybody 8th 8th highest goal scorer in Premier League history is Jermaine Defoe <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think it's because he, he was still playing when he was forty eight. Yeah, so um, yeah. no, he's still playing. Who does he play for now? Rangers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. they took him up there. Yeah, uh, Stevie <laughs> D wanted someone that they you know can score yeah. goals. And um, yeah, another forward. Uh, you had who was your uh, Jordan or Ruben Nasser? Ruben Cheese then going very Dutch as well myself. Uh, someone who was obviously brilliant and played in the last United team to win a Premier League way back when uh, because he came from Arsenal Robin Van Persie oh yeah it's great it's great great player obviously declined after uh, United going to Fernabache and stuff like that the way it's the natural kind of like uh, what's the term kind of like just downward slope when you go to teams in the MLS uh, uh, teams in Turkey teams in China it's the natural progression but it was still like you would see him in Europa League or Champions League games scoring absolute worldly goals for the, yeah. uh, for Fernabache and then just going like oh fuck remember he used to do that in the Premiership I think it was quite weird where it was um, I, I still don't get how he went to Fenerbahce yeah surely he could have went to Italy for two oh, years oh 100% like France yeah Milan or uh, going to Roma or something like that he would have been a star in the fucking Serie A like but I think another good list as well um, for what we should do is we should do a like a top 10 fuck ever happened that guy yeah because I remember watching a list one time on YouTube and it was basically, it was guys who like won like the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. And then after, you know, had one brilliant year. Mm. There's a list of players that had one brilliant year. Yeah, like Paul Konczewski. <laughs> who? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, Paul Konczewski was uh, like a left back, uh, played with like George McCarthy uh, in West Ham. Uh, played so well that 2006 season was definitely like the star out of the defence. Uh, got, uh, got signed to Liverpool. Never seen again. Yeah, <laughs> I think and that's he, the end of that. Chapter. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing now. Maybe like I don't know, selling secondhand cars or something. But right, I have my team, which I made up on the fly. Jordan's got his team. Uh, if you have your team, let us know. Yeah, should we have? No, what we'll do on Instagram is we'll put up a vote and whose team would beat the other team because we don't have the same any of the same players, do? We? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. We'll oh, see who wins. That's fine. You can do polls on Instagram. Can't yeah. You? Uh-huh. Brilliant. Okay, let's do that. Smart. And you can do Czechoslovakians too. Da 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 da. So yeah, games to watch this week. Darren Champions League is back. United against Besiktas or Basiktas. Um, Red Bull uh, Leipzig against PSG look like the cream cream de, creme de la creme of Tuesday's games. Um, Did you go to say cream of the crop? Yeah. And but mean to say creme de la creme. Uh huh. I, I tried to be more uh, European about the whole thing, yeah, but uh, the, it didn't work. The soup de jour of the, <laughs> the week. The soup of the day. Yeah. Um, uh, Liverpool against at Atlanta. Uh, Liverpool won five in the last time. Majada scoring a hat trick, so maybe he could do it again at Anfield. Who knows? Um, Inter Milan against Real Madrid uh, in San Siro. Could be something. I don't know. Uh, Man City against Olympiacos in Greece. 
you know, I can only see one winner there. Salzburg against Bayern in the Allianz Arena. Same thing. Uh, but some entertaining games there, definitely. Um, in, in terms of the Europa League, hey, Celtic are going to get beat again. Big surprise. Rangers will probably beat Benfica this time. Um, Leverkusen against Bashivi. Dundalk uh, against Rapid Vienna. That might be an interesting game. Yeah, you could you you can make a point to that, but uh, I'm not going to. <laughs> and uh, moving on to Friday's game, uh, Crystal Palace against Newcastle in London. What do you reckon, Palace? Uh, Crystal Palace, yeah, Crystal Palace at home. Newcastle are on their knees already. Mm. Uh, yeah, probably. What do you reckon? Bright. Uh, this is Saturday. The early kickoff is Brighton against Liverpool in the Amex Stadium in Brighton. I mean, if Liverpool can do Leicester 3-0, I could see uh, another 3-0. Mm. Uh, Man City against Burnley in the Etihad. Burnley also on the rush, but Man City not yeah, playing. Not playing they're 13th uh, in the Etihad. If Burnley potentially sneak a goal, but yeah. still a Man City win. I see 1-1. Um, Everton Ooh. against Leeds in Goodison. Everton because they lost their three and then came back up again and yeah. Leeds are still struggling after yeah. that score I reckon 3-1 something like that you reckon? yeah 3-1 down any more goals? something like that uh, definitely Calvert Lewin and then I don't know like Guilfi Sigurdsson or someone six one in. Yeah. Um, West Brom against Sheffield now uh, bottom of the table clash this is going to be interesting Sheffield uh, I'm saying uh, are going to get their first three points of the season what do you reckon? against West Brom? yeah 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 I reckon so like McGoldrick or McBurnley or someone has to do something you know yeah. they have to or curtains already uh, in, in terms of uh, the Northern Irish Premier League uh, on Saturday Cliftonville against Portadown very good game at Solitude uh, I don't know what way that'll go because Portadown have been okay since getting promoted um yeah, fuck it. I'll go Cliftonville 1-0 because uh, uh, they got beat 1-0 by Lauren at the weekend there for Lauren to go second and my outside chance I think Lauren will win the Premiership. Lauren is really in our owners. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Purple Bricks. Yeah. Um, they're away to Coleraine down in the showgrounds. Um, uh, yeah, Lauren win. Crusaders are in Lurgan against Glenavon. Uh, tough game, especially going back to, against Connor Coates who hates Cruz now <laughs> after the whole being a club legend uh, and then getting treated unfairly. Um, some people say I would tend to agree that he didn't get the starting time, but that's for another podcast. Uh, Glen Torn are getting beat at the Dungannon uh, at home because they always do. And um, <laughs> uh, Warren Point are playing Limfield uh, in Warren Point, and I hope okay. Warren Point win, but Limfield are going to. Um, and at the as it stands now, Lauren or uh, Limfield, Lauren and Crusaders. Uh, top Glen or Glen Foran are propping up the league dead last with two points yeah with their big old empty stadium oh my god crazy moving on uh, moving on now to Saturday or Sunday's game sorry um uh, in the Premier League, we got United against Southampton in St. Mary's in Southampton. What do you reckon? <laughs> Baby. Well, I can be optimistic, but I can also be realistic. Yeah. Probably a draw. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm giving it to Southampton maybe like a 2-1 or something. No, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's that's the uh, probably the more realistic yeah. one. I say that I can be optimistic. <laughs> a draw. Um, Spurs uh, against Tottenham at Stamford Bridge. Spurs are not playing Tottenham. Spurs are playing Chelsea. That's the one. Uh, <laughs> 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 what are you saying I'm sleep deprived I'm not sleep deprived yeah. uh, so Chelsea are playing Tottenham at Stamford Bridge uh, Jose Mourinho against his old star pupil Frank Lampard what do you reckon huh? 
Timo Werner maybe scoring a hat trick. Tottenham are top. Chelsea are playing well though too, and uh, continentally they've also been right on form. Maybe another draw. Mm, you never know. Uh, Wolves against Arsenal. Now this you, this would have been a great match last season. Uh, last season, <laughs> see like a year ago. Yes, yeah. been class. <laughs> but now not so much. Uh, no, I don't. I, no, there's a lot of stuff here that I'm seeing as draws, but yeah. whether it'll be it'll not be, it'll be one or two nils or yeah, two ones like or that. nothing amazing. Leicester should beat Fulham. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. After, uh, yeah, kicking. and West Ham should beat Aston Villa. Yeah, the battle of Clarendon Blue. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I could see the West Ham result being a draw, like a nil-nil draw or something like that. At West Ham. Yeah, I, w- I would be happy with that. But like as we said earlier, there is no such thing as uh, home okay. games this year. Um, so, uh, just before we go, we'll look at the GAA for uh, this coming, what, Saturday? Mm-hmm. Uh, Meath against Antrim, uh, Westmeath against Carlo, uh, and then Fermanagh against Louth. Yep. And Kilkenny against Waterford, all in uh, Hurland. Yeah, so that's, that's the Hagrid one. All the other games are in the lower competitions. Mm-hmm. But probably still worth a watch. Oh, yeah. They'll be online on, if it's not on RT, someone's going yeah, to be on player. GAA Go. Mm. If you're watching. I've got GAA Go account now. Do you? Yeah. To watch the Sunday game because I can't get RT. Yeah, on the UVF around to put you out of your house. Yeah, uh, there are coming. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, All-Ireland semi-final uh, in Hurland. Limerick against Galway. Looks like it's going to be the game of the weekend for me, personally. Yes. Just uh, because Limerick, Limerick have been amazing so far. Yeah, I've been great. But Waterford gives them a first scare. Um, so yeah, it'll be a good game. Yeah, and Galway or Hurling County, like so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that's pretty much this for injury time this week. This is probably our longest episode. One one hour, 21 minutes so far. Uh, accidentally, but we'll, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, I was going to say, this was going to be the shortest one because we didn't have like proper story time, but hey. Uh, yeah, see you guys next week. Follow us on Instagram at ITPod32, uh, Twitter at ITPod32. Yeah, uh, I'm Jordan Robinson Comedy on Instagram. You are Darren Matthews Comedian on Instagram. And that has been Entry Time this week. Goodbye. Goodbye.